Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine lights, jet flying, son of a gun. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. I need you to do me a huge favor. Take your name off your phone. My wife went through my phone. In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. It looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Rod Marsh is saying no, mate, but I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery. I'm sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he, when he got up after scoring that draw. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the WM IMB row with my good friend T Dog. Mate, we're back at work this week. How's it been treating you? Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting because I've much like the kids, I've had two months off. Mm. I got the, the the school holidays and then I got my paternity leave. So I actually came back at the same time the kids came back, mm. and I I think I may may have had a little bit of anxiety like most of them because a lot had changed in the time when I between when I had worked and hadn't worked and mm. didn't know what to expect. I'm actually doing better. I thought I'd go back to having my naps at 2.30, so right during period four. <laughs> but then, I was actually worried about that too. I had so many naps. Yeah. This is terrible. We're fulfilling every stereotype about teachers on holidays. But I literally did every day I'd have a power nap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I actually gave my classes forewarning. I said, look, I've got an eight-week-old boy, yeah. sleeps you know, a bit challenging at the moment. If at 2.30 you find me sitting at the front with my head in my hands, just let me be. But it hasn't happened yet. I must yeah. still be on a bit of a high. But, okay. uh, yeah, no, it's go- it's going great. I'm excited, mate. We've got it. footy kicking off this weekend. Oh, NRL. It's- I know. Now, it's the All-Stars game, but it's not really an All-Stars game. It's like everyone who's left over yeah. is going to play this All-Stars game. But there's trials going on. Yep. So, Exciting times, mate. We're, we're almost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped. I can't wait for the women's yeah, season to start. Yeah. I'm really excited about yeah. it because to me, I don't care about the gender. It's four more weeks of footy. Yeah, that's right. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. But you may hear a bit of an echo, a bit of bounce in this room. We're once again recording at my house. We haven't quite filled out the form at our workplace <laughs> to ask them, can we record yeah, here right. in the afternoons? We haven't got around to that just yet. We will get there. But yeah, I, you know, you get that echoey sound. Uh, if any of our listeners live locally and have a little room for us to record in, yeah, yeah. hey, we'd happily use it. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, we do have a big show. And our guest today, mate, our very first politician, we have Glenn Butcher, who is our local member. But in Queensland, he's actually the Minister for Water of Queensland. I'm also excited because we've got two comedy legends joining us, mm-hmm. both being guests on the show. Yep. They're joining us for the first time themselves in the joke off. Excellent. We've got uh, Gary Eck. And El Del Bene, yeah. and it's Australia versus America. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that yeah. one. And our three nominees in the Dummy of the Week this week. It's a bit of a mixed bag. We're going to be talking about Cricket Australia. We're going to be talking about the NFL and the Beijing Olympics. Can I just say before we jump into the first one, I have not watched a second of the Beijing Olympics. I don't know if you have. I have. I, I actually really enjoy the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Living in central Queensland, we don't see a lot of snow. Mm. <laughs> so I actually quite enjoy watching the Winter Olympics. I'm really struggling to get into these ones. Okay. Only because what I've noticed in the... When did it kick off? Last Friday? I I swear, every night in prime time, it's been figure skating. And, oh, oh, I'm just like, how many times can I see the same dance? Yeah. Same guy do a jump and twirl three times and all that. I just... I love the different sports. 
show me some bobsleigh, show me mm. some luge, mm. you know, show me that the stuff that we don't normally get to see. I did watch a bit of curling. That was cool. Yeah, okay. But no, I, I've struggled, I must admit. Mm. All right. Well, why don't we continue with that theme then? Yeah, yeah, okay. Actually, so our first nominee then is... It, it, well, it's the Beijing Olympics. All right. So there's been some... Oh, a little bit of controversy, but I guess there's been some criticism of how it's been run. So let's hear about it. Well, my understanding is there is some issues with some uniforms that are being worn by athletes. Mm-hmm. So all across every sport code, if they've got a uniform, I, I've, you probably find every sport code's got a uniform of some sort. Even mm-hmm. MMA has a as a uniform now. Mm-hmm. They'd have to meet certain standards, guidelines, what you can put on and what you can't put on and what colours they got to be, probably certain lengths, this, this that, whatever. Well, my understanding is that it's been several athletes that have been disqualified from the Olympics right. for wearing the incorrect uniform. Okay. Loose fitting, I believe. Yeah, all right. Which in turn, I don't know how this works out, apparently benefits them. It actually improves their performance. If their uniform's loose fitting. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yes. I wouldn't see how that No, would no, no, no. But... However, if this was the rule going in, mm. it's not Beijing's fault, is it? No, it's if not. If they're enforcing it, this is really... People who should know better. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Mm. Um, but, you know, if we're talking fractions of a mil, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure there probably is. But would it make that much difference? Maybe it does. I mean, in the, the days of, like, we've got sports science and aerodynamic, you know, they probably sit in wind tunnels and blow wind uh, and try and work out, you know, how this yeah, and that. Right. You know, yeah, right. Okay. And getting that, if you're coming down the giant slalom and you can get that little Fraction bit more second, yeah. wind resistance. Yep. It could possibly mean another three or four meters jump. Yep. So I'm I'm on board with you 100. percent Yep. Everyone knows the rule. It's like drugs. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, you can't be an athlete and go, oh, I didn't know that was illegal. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you do. You yeah. do. Yeah. So completely, Beijing are just enforcing the rules, and they're just going, oh, well, I didn't, I don't like that rule. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I agree. Yeah, Beijing are just doing their job. Because I remember one of the most famous, if not the most famous cheating incident in the Winter Olympics was that time that John Candy put weights in the front of his sled. (laughs) (laughs) She keeps her eye on all sports around the globe for us to come back and tell us the big three stories in sports for the week. It's none other than comedian Julia Wilson, and here she is with her sports roundup. Sports, 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 sports. Thanks, fellas. Welcome back to the Dummy M Podcast News Headlines Roundup with J-Dub. There's been another big weekend of violence in junior rugby league, which I always find hilarious, but I'm sure we should take very seriously because according to the New South Wales Police Force, gangs are infiltrating our football clubs and hence why there's so much violence. I mean, I don't know how we're going to spot them. Maybe we should make them wear different colours and then we'll know who's fighting who. And maybe when they're wearing different colours, we can maybe make those colours appropriate to different, uh, I don't know, areas like maybe red and green for South Sydney and maroon and white for Manly. And see where I'm going with this? They're football players. It is violence. It's sport violence. It's why we watch. Ah, yes, it's Winter Olympics time. Every four years. It's one of the things I love about Australia. It's 30 degrees outside my window, but on the other side of the world, there's people face-planting coming right down a mountain at maximum speed. I don't care if they're wearing two boards on the bottom of their feet or one. It's hilarious. Faceplant on the moguls. Faceplant on the snowboards. Faceplant on the downhill. I love Belle Brockoff, the Australian snowboarder, who came fourth, and when she was asked what she thought, just looked straight down the barrel of the camera and went, ah, fourth is shit. We don't think you're shit, Belle. You're an Olympian in a country that 
that's not particularly known for its sports, but I love your honesty. May you do well. And we're finishing out the week with a story on cricket. No huge surprise, it's one of my favourite sports. Justin Langer got the axe this week as the Australian cricket coach, which is a little bit of a surprise because he had an absolutely blinding season, coaching the Australians to absolutely smash the palms. It was a 4-0 win. When I say 4, they were 4 trounces. Unusual that Langer got the flick um, while looking like he was doing a pretty good job, especially when you have people like Shane Watson, who for a solid 10 years was just given chance after chance when he was clearly shit. If only Justin Langer had gone to the Shane Watson school of blackmailing, as I'm sure is an actual thing. We'll miss you, Langer. Thanks, fellas. That's all from me this week. I'm off to get drunk and watch the Super Bowl. You're listening to the Dummy M Podcast. Brought to you by the biggest dummies around, Biro and T-Dog. Well, T-Dog and I are incredibly privileged today as we have our very first politician on the show. We have our local member here in Gladstone, Mr Glenn Butcher. Thank you so much for joining us, Glenn. How are you today? Yeah, good B-Row. Good, mate. Really good. Excellent. Now, I guess we've got to jump straight off the bat and ask you the most important question that we can ask anyone on this show is that who do you support in the NRL? Very passionate supporter, and uh, I'm not one of these people who flip flip and flop their teams through the season and at the end of the year. So I'm a big Broncos supporter. Uh, love them to bits. Uh, I'll try and, uh, try and support them as much as I can. I've got a big wall out the back of my place here in my uh, pergola dedicated to the Broncos. So it's, um, it's a bit of a shrine which has sort of turned into a bit of a, a, a misery of the last few years. But uh, <laughs> I stick with it, mate. Uh, there's a new team. <laughs> there's a new NRL team, and I know a few other politicians are jumping board, particularly those members down in that area who are getting on the, the new Redcliffe side. But uh, not this one, mate. I'm a central Queenslander, and I'm back to Broncos. Very good, Glenn. Well, Glenn, do you get a chance to go to any Broncos games? It's a bit hard. Um, most of my job sees me away most of the weeks and and then I try and be home on weekends here in Gladstone, obviously, um, as a being a minister now, getting out and about uh, through those regional communities is, is part of my role. But every now and then, uh, the wife and I get a chance to, to get down and we try and catch a game whenever we can. I think I only saw one game last year, but I did get to um, the state of origin that was down on the coast. So uh, that sort of made up for watching at home out the back. Sorry, that's uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm one of these people who would rather sit at home in the quiet, particularly on Origin nights, uh, watching it on the big screen at home rather than in the stadium. Yeah, I think it's a bit better atmosphere with a few mates with a few beers sitting out the back. Mm. I like it. You and I have something in common here, Glenn, because I only got to one Broncos game last year. It was when the opening game when they played my team, the Eels, and uh, just in case mm. either of you two Broncos supporters <laughs> don't remember, uh, the Eels won that one. <laughs> they did. <laughs> There's another mate just up the road of ours too, Darren Martin, who's a uh, he's a Parramatta supporter, and but he's one of these blokes who has a number plates. Whenever Parramatta loses, he flicks it over to the Melbourne Storm. So <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 t- you take the wins when you can. Well, uh, we'll see what happens this year. I'm very confident this year that the Broncos have recruited well and uh, having Dave Donahue there, a Glasson boy, as uh, the CEO. So I think uh, the club's done a bit of a, a backflip, and hopefully we'll see some good results this year. So, Glenn, got to ask you a bit of hard-hitting questions here, mate. Um, yeah, so, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. All right. So why did Rocky get NRL games last year and we didn't? What's going on there? Yeah, so there were a few things that went on there. Is uh, Obviously, Gladstone got the uh, – I'm pretty sure you'll ask me about this one, but Gladstone got the uh, game during the Commonwealth Games. Uh, they had to relocate uh, when the Commonwealth Games were being held down the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to relocate a couple of games, and, and we managed to score one of those, uh, Matty Burnett, the mayor, uh, and myself, and, and Kate Jones, who was the, the minister back in the time. Uh, a lot of work went into getting that game for here for Gladstone and, and obviously a fair bit of cash from the, the council. So we secured that game. And then uh, when the 
when obviously the NRL were having problems with COVID and, and playing in Sydney and Melbourne, they were looking for regional communities. And because Gladstone had had that uh, game during the Com Games, they decided to, to pick two, two or three places to end up playing was Bundaberg, Rockhampton, and up in um, Mackay. So mm. I think it was more just a case of uh, spreading, sh- mm. spreading the love uh, for NRL games around regional Queensland. And, you know, I was, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't come and have a look at Gladstone and even ask the question. Then, obviously, they, they did at one stage, um, you know, right at the, the death, and, you know, the, the costs involved were just uh, way too much for, for Gladstone Council to stump up again. And, obviously, uh, you've got to get money through the gate. And it was that at the time where people weren't going out, people weren't going to games because they were, you know, teams that people didn't support. They weren't Queensland teams. So mm. I think they decided to let it slip and hopefully we can get another game being the next one back in line for an NRL game. Well, that's true because the game that we actually got was Manly versus Titans. <laughs> did you actually go to that game, Glenn? <laughs> I did. I did. It was it was an absolute cracker. I think uh, I think uh, I remember talking to the um, the Titans afterwards, and they said this is better than a home game. So because um, <laughs> they actually had people show up. <laughs> that's, it, that's right. I think there were more people in Gladstone. They actually got to a Titans game, and then they won, which made it even better. So oh, wow! The re- that we were offered at the time, there were I think there were two or three other games, and and uh, you know. Being a Queensland team, we said, well, we, we don't want two Sydney teams to come and play yeah, in Gladstone. Yeah. Uh, we'd rather have a Queensland team. And, and because it was a Titans home game, uh, that was one of the ones that we, we chose. So, And the others were, weren't as, um, you know, love them or hate them. Manly does have quite a few supporters here in Gladstone. And uh, it was sort of the best, um, best that we could do uh, with the three that we got offered. I mean, Manly are obviously the most hated team. So of all the games we got, you know, we ended up with Manly. But if I'm not mistaken, mm. you've had a pretty big involvement with the local Gladstone Rugby League, I think even more specifically around Women's Rugby League. So yeah. can you tell us about your involvement with the local league here in Gladstone? I started my footy career really late, actually. I, I didn't start playing rugby league. And, and same with my twin brother. We started playing uh, rugby league at 16 when we lived in Biloela. And we played for the, the um, Biloela team over there in the Gladstone competition and used to travel over to Gladstone every weekend because back in those days, um, you know, if you wanted to play from outside of Gladstone, you had to travel. So uh, we played uh, footy and then we came over to Gladstone a few years later and we went on and played up until uh, we started, by, by myself and my brother Wayne both started playing uh, senior footy and went through the 17s and 19s. And then uh, one, one game when I was playing reserve grade um I tackled a, a guy, a lot of locals here might know, Kelly Austin back in the day on the wing, and he ran past me and I grabbed him by the – he got around me and I grabbed him by the sleeve and pulled my, basically pulled my shoulder out of the socket and dislocated mm. it. So that was the end of my footy career because it just kept dislocating. I think I ended up doing it about 30 times after that. And uh, oh, my brother wow. went on to go and play footy for East and he, he played for the Capras and all that as well. So so then from then on, I just got into the – I get, sort of gave up playing because it just kept falling out. So got into a bit of um, management with them. And then my father-in-law was the treasurer of uh, Glass Wallabies Rugby League. So uh, he, he managed to get me to come over and help out do the strapping and the and the water uh, for, for the Wallaby boys. And it sort of went from there and I ended up going through the ranks there and ended up as president and uh, become life member at Wallabies and, and was the president for six years. And then uh, Roy Rowe, the, the uh, stalwart of Gladstone Rugby League, uh, was uh, going to retire. Uh, so I transitioned from the, the president of Gladstone Wallabies to the president of Gladstone Rugby League and did that for five years as well. So, yeah, and then sort of while I was in that role, of all things, I we a couple of young ladies who uh, obviously uh, some people might know around the place, uh, Sarah Stewart came to me 
she was playing rugby union at the time and asked if I could uh, help out and set up a, a women's rugby league team to get, get into a competition. So took it on full bore as I, as I normally do. And um, as you look back from that original team, we had um, two Jillaroos play and that is in Cody House and Chelsea Baker. So I can still remember sitting back after training with Chelsea Baker and, and I said to her, you know, you, you have so much potential, you, sh- you could probably play for Queensland one day. And uh, the day that she did make Queensland, she texted me and said, you're right. And the game's just gone strength to strength in women's rugby league. So it's, um, it's an absolute uh, thrill to be part of that. But at the time, it was um, obviously uh, a new sport for a, a lot of women um, and older women uh, to come and play the game. Was, but it was really rewarding to see the, you know, the improvement that they had over those two or three seasons I was involved. Well, Glenn, you mentioned that you only got the chance to get to one NRL game last year. Mm. Do you get the chance mm. to go to many local games in CQ? Not many at all, mate. Um, as I said, the, the, I think the last games, I, I really do enjoy playing watching the women's rugby league. So a couple of seasons before, I, I managed to get to about three or four of the women's games and I've been up to a couple of the Capra's games. But obviously, um, as I said, when I get back from doing my work around the state, it's always good to be in Gladstone but, um, and spend time with family and, and friends. But um, it's a bit difficult to get out of a game. But I, I really need to. I think it's important to get out and, and see the game at a local level. I know it's been struggling pretty much here in Gladstone. Mm. Um, it's really hard with the amount of workers we have and the shift workers. And, you know, as I said, some people can, can, can train, but they can't play or they can play and they can't train. So it makes it, a, it the competition certainly suffers. But, you know, I went through the, I was champion of the Gladstone Rugby League when we had the LNG stuff going on. And, and I remember at the time we had uh, 11 ex-NRL players playing in just the Gladstone competition. It was absolutely amazing wow. and uh, certainly was a t- great time to be involved with the Gladstone Rugby League. T-Dog actually lives near you. and uh, So how long did your Christmas lights take to set up? Because from what he tells he me, he, you actually have this like <laughs> elaborate sort of, you know, one of those people who just puts months of effort into it. How, how long does it actually take? T-Dog is a big supporter. He came down, we had a bit of a shindig in the park on Christmas Eve and he came down for a walk. It's uh, it's one of those things where I haven't actually done it for a few years, and we, we'd had we were into it pretty big probably about four or five years ago before I got into politics, and uh, we actually won the we've won the Christmas lights competition a few times in, way back when, <laughs> and I sort of I I don't I've, I've done my back in and and if I don't know if you've seen how people put up Christmas lights on their roofs, but it's like it's like being a monkey sometimes hanging off the gutters and falling off ladders. So after I'd had a back operation, I gave it two or three years off. So. And now we've got a couple of grandkids. Uh, my lovely wife, Teresa, said, uh, come on, big fella, it's time to get the thongs back out and get back up on that roof. Uh, so uh, we, gave, we gave it a crack and put a few lights up and dragged all the old ones out and got some new ones. And the, uh, the, the Christmas spirit around, around Gladstone is amazing. And, uh, you know, to add to that and see all the kids' faces and, and uh, the, you know, the looks on their faces when the kids come around, and, and uh, it's pretty cool. We even had, we even had a, uh, a marriage proposal in our driveway this year. So, oh, wow. You know, whether that's it. Yeah, that was awesome. Good, I actually good. turned up. Yeah, that, that was yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, good good luck to good luck to those uh, that young couple. Hopefully they can keep coming back every year. That's a spot that they'll remember. Early on, Glenn, in the interview, you mentioned that you've got a twin brother. So have, what's it actually yeah. like being the least liked twin brother? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask Wayne that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, I went to it. Was, it's uh, every day of our lives, someone mistakes us for each other. And uh, and uh, as I keep reminding him, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the politician. I make the rules. You're the you're the copper. You need to enforce them. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't like that too much. But he, uh, it's we are very close. Like we are very similar these days. And uh, as even as as recently as last night, we went to watch um, the. 
there was a, an illusion show on at the, the entertainment center and, and some guy come up and was chatting to us and really nice and friendly and, and as if he, he knew me. And I, I kind of thought I knew him. And then within about a two minutes after him yabbering away, he worked out that I wasn't lying. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was very, very apologetic. And uh, yeah, and that, that happens daily. And, you know, that's the sort of stuff that goes on. We are very similar. And um, now yeah, we, we look the same. I believe that you've got a big birthday coming up this year, one that might have a zero in it. Yeah. I'd imagine that you're obviously going to have a big party with family here and probably half of Gladstone. Yeah. But if you're <laughs> if you're at work with the other politicians, do they well, – I, I know in COVID times it might be a little bit harder, but is it the kind of thing where everyone chips in a fiver and you get a bottle of wine or yeah. something or do you all get together? Like how does that sort of thing work? Yeah, no, it's, it doesn't work like that. I, I don't think any politician would want to put in five bucks. What, what we normally do for someone's birthday, about a group of, you know, 12 or 15 of us that go to dinner and stuff. So normally it would just be a simple affair of going, if someone's birthday, we'll go out and have a, have a feed somewhere after Parliament, um, which is always nice. Um, we're actually having a three-day uh, birthday celebration this year. So we're doing, uh, for, for the close friends, we're doing the, the, the Yachtsman's Long Lunch uh, as part of the, the Brisbane to Gladstone Yacht Race. And then on the evening, we're just having a dinner somewhere at home with all of our friends and family because uh, we've got both got large families. My wife had a line crossing party on Saturday night. And then Sunday, we're going to finish it off with a, uh, a nice. session down at the yacht club in the afternoon to celebrate with all the Oxmen. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's actually worked out perfectly. Awesome. And it's not going to cost us a cent. All right, Glenn. Well, it's a huge thank you for joining us. And by the sounds of it, I think it, we'll have to then make the next step and talk to the Premier about getting more games in NRL and Gladstone. Is that, is that our next best choice? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. No, mate, we're, I've been working with Sterling Hitchliff. Uh, he's obviously a sports minister now, so he knows uh, my thoughts on if there's another game to be held in regional Queensland, it's got to be in Gladstone. So, uh, and obviously, Matty Burnett's ranked up, ready to go as well. So, um, I th- hopefully, if, if there's any changes. And I, I know the NRL is still keen to move games here and there to regional regional parts of you know, New South Wales and, and Queensland. So, uh, you never know. You never know. Well, we thank you very much for your time and hopefully we can catch up and uh, have a beer at an NRL game in Gladstone one day. Absolutely. If, if we do, I'll invite you as long as we can do a podcast at the game. How's that sound? As long as it's not manly, oh, mate, we're that there. would be awesome. As long as it's not para or manly. <laughs> no. <laughs> manly? Uh, para Broncos and we'll, and we'll roll you again like we did last year. But anyway, thank you so much for joining yeah. us and all the best. Good on you, boys. No drama at all. Regardless of the podcasting platform you're listening to, make sure you give us a follow and a subscribe. We would very much appreciate that. And T-Dog, who is the second nominee this week? Well, they've been a nominee a couple of times, I think, previously, but mm-hmm. it's Cricket Australia. What have they done this week? Uh, well, I think you'd have to be hiding under a rock to not know. Mm-hmm. So media reports for quite a while now, probably for about 12 solid months now, is that once Langer's contract was up, Justin Langer, the head mm-hmm. coach, once his contract was up, it was not going to be renewed. And then we had all the success in this last 12 months, and there mm-hmm. was talk about, well, do they extend it? Langer wanted to extend it. Mm-hmm. Cricket Australia did not. And then it came to the point where Langer just resigned. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so his contract was due to run out in June. Yep. So he was going to take the team to Pakistan. Historic tour of Pakistan. Australia have not played cricket in Pakistan in 24 years. Wow, why? Yeah. So I know that there's uh, a little bit of a tendency over there for things to get a bit explosive y- Yeah, no. Well, safety is a fact, yeah. but it also has some to do with the uh, match fixing. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, right. So they couldn't trust 
games oh, wow. in the country. So okay. safety was definitely a big, yeah, big, yeah, big yeah. issue. But the, the match. Yeah. So honestly, I couldn't tell you. I'm sure someone could Google out there when the last time a match was played in Pakistan. But it's yep. been quite a while. So okay. 24 years. So big deal, big tour. Justin Langer was going to take him. He was a big part of getting it going, and now he's not. What worries me here is, from what I read, that. It seemed very much like the players didn't really like his intense style, okay? Not all the players, just some of the players. Yet that intense style took us to a T20 World Cup victory and took us to a four victory, like a one draw, in a five-game series Mm -hmm. in the Ashes against England. Granted, we had the hometown advantage. However, that's still... That's pretty bloody impressive. Now, I know for a fact that the second that the Poms touched down... People started asking him, you know, the coach over there, did you know that your local supermarket has a job because you're not working here next year? So that makes sense. But to have the guy who's coached us to those two huge victories, not as our coach anymore, to me is somewhat baffling. I'd really be intrigued to know how many times it's happened where both the winning coach and the losing coach have both been sacked yeah. after a series. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious just in yeah. any sports yep. that have been played. But you're right. The England coach makes sense. Yep. Justin Langer, to me, doesn't make sense. He took over when Cricket Australia was at its lowest. If yeah. you remember. Everyone remember Sandpaper Gate. We were, yeah. we were on the no- – or they were on the nose. Yeah. Yep. Nobody liked them. Yep. Nobody. And he turned them around, turned us into good blokes. You know, mm-hmm. they wrote a mantra and all this kind of stuff, and they stuck to it. And now he's gone. And mm. you're right. Everything that I've heard, and Pat Cummins came out yesterday and faced the media, and I say kudos to him to, for doing that. He got just hidden behind his manager and released a prepared mm. statement. No, he stood in front of those cameras and answered all the questions. Mm-hmm. And he was honest. He said, yes, his coaching style is intense. We believe that he's taken it as far as he can. Believes that Cricket Australia needs to head in a different direction, like mm-hmm. a test team. And he's a believer that maybe you have a coach for red ball cricket and white ball cricket, mm-hmm. you know, that those kinds of things. And Ian Chappell dribbles a lot of rubbish. Okay. okay? Former test captain, yeah, yeah, yeah. been a commentator for years. But, geez, he dribbles some rubbish. But one thing he probably said is true. They don't really need a coach these days, do they? They are the best 11 players in the country. Do they just need a manager? Yeah. Yeah, there's a theory around that because I can remember, uh, to draw a parallel with rugby league, I saw Gordon Tallis speak at a luncheon once when I worked in radio. And he outright said to the group, he said... Wayne Bennett taught me not one thing about rugby league. Yet what he was really good at, he said, was controlling the players and the families and the media around them. So do you at that level, at that high elite level, really need someone saying, hey, you need to work on your skills as opposed to uh, making sure that your well-being is good and that you know, you're in optimum physical condition, etc.? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting theory. Mm. It, it is, it is, mm. and uh, yeah, yeah, I just and I'm I'm totally on board now. The players we see it in the NRL all the time. How many times do you hear he lost the locker room? Yeah, 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 you, know, yeah you hear yeah. that often. Yeah. And then the coach is gone, gets the full support of the board, and then he's gone. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. I think what's happened, and I don't know whether it's a fact. You know, the new generation, they all get modicoddled. Yeah. They're all multi-millionaires. Yeah, yeah don't get their own way, don't like a certain thing and say, well, I don't like him. So, I just, yeah, it's it's hard. That's the thing about this I don't personally like is that it seems like the players didn't like the intensity from Langer, yet they're ignoring the results. And so it seems very much to me like as teachers, they're listening to the students and not the teacher in that sense. And so for me, it's really disappointing because 
they're essentially telling everyone how they want it to go and they're going to end up running their own thing. And to me, I'm slightly worried in that, uh, you know, what if Justin Langer goes and coaches England? I'd encourage it. Yeah, I'm, I'd, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd actually like it because the Ashes, the next Ashes is in 18 months' time, a little bit mm. over in England. Yeah. I'd love to see Justin Langer as a coach and I'd love them to, I'd love him to sort of stick it up them because... I think this whole thing has been handled so poorly. Whether we, whether he was going to be renewed or not, you, Cricket Australia have handled this poorly. Mm. So I, I'm all for it. I, I, I would hope that the England and Wales Cricket Board mm-hmm. have already called Justin Langer. I yeah. hope they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so don't even bother applying, mate. You've got the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, we'll yeah. see you here in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love it. And I'd <laughs> yeah. love him to turn it around and when we go over there, yeah. make it a really good series. That's right. And hopefully at that stage, you know, Pat Cummins won't have stood down for dick pics and all that sort of <laughs> thing. You know, we'll have the same captain. That'd be nice. That would be nice, yes. Do you want to hear my Fox Force 5 joke? Well, let me tell a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to hear me tell a joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? You can tell a joke, can't you? Oh. Hello, Al. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. We're just waiting for Gary to pick up, but uh, T-Dog... Yeah, while we wait, Al, I've got a question. Um, Al, obviously you look a bit different now because you've got the beard... But the the clip yeah. uh, the clip was uh, where John just Lovett, the last, just the last, last yeah John Lovitz mm. um, you didn't have a beard at that stage and obviously people were commenting that you look a lot like Seth MacFarlane did you get a lot of that when like in your previous life hmm. I'll fucking kill you bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> I used to get that quite a bit when I dyed my hair, yes. Is that because you're not a fan of his or you're just sick of people saying, hey, you look like Seth MacFarlane? Oh, no, no, I just like being a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome. All right, we'll move on. Well, well then, Al, you've come to the right place because this is the joke off and we yes. want you two to basically be dicks to each other in terms of the topic, Australia versus America. Now, we are pumped today. We've got two big names. Yes. Al Del Bene versus Gary Eck. Gary, welcome to the joke off, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm raring to give Al some shit. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> we like it. We like it. Awesome. Well, Al's already outed himself as a self-confessed dick, so I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Al's, Al's ready to go. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give Al personal, you know. But yeah. I guess uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T yeah. Dog, tell everybody how the joke off works. So we've tossed the coin. You'll start with the first joke, Gary, and then Al will do his joke. We'll do turn for turn for the three jokes, and at the end, I essentially determine who the winner is. Mm. That's how we go. All right. Yay. All right, we're going to jump into it, so without further ado. Mm. Boom. Oh, boy. All right. Here he comes, Gary X, coming out hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know I've prepared nothing, but here goes. But um, look, a straight look. It's so – I don't even know why we're having this debate, I mean, uh, or joke off, because it is a joke to even think about. Is America better than Australia? Is Australia better than America? Obviously, Australia is way better than America. I mean, the fact that Al Bene, an American, is living here is proof <laughs> that he doesn't want to live in his own country. And he's made the effort to bring his entire family away from America. He doesn't want to live there. He knows how bad America is. <laughs> I mean, mean, to take that a step further, I mean, I've been watching the Olympics, right? There's that American freestyle skier 
Aline Gu. She's half Chinese, mm, right? Mm. But she has chosen to <laughs> represent China. That's right. He doesn't even want to represent America. He wants to get away from America. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, what is America doing right now? It's it's just insane. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, that was fun. We'll uh, see you guys next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I have no argument. Like, uh, totally. And I just, as a little precursor, let me just say um, that I've already joked off twice today, so I don't have much left. (laughs) 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 Gary Eck is right. What can I tell you? Like, I do, I love it here. It's a much more laid back lifestyle. And I love how, how your laid backness shows by your speech. Like you guys say ta for thank you. And I've just always loved that because that's not even laid back. That's downright lazy. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, I love it so much. Like, or sometimes you go the other way. I was getting off a Qantas plane one time and they were all standing up the front going, thanking you. <laughs> why would you why are you adding you know what i mean and i got all confused and i went uh pleasuring you and, <laughs> but, but i do i'm a big fan of ta and i'm trying to expand on it because it's a one syllable word that means thank you and that's just amazing to me so the, uh, the other day a guy cut me off in traffic so i said fa <laughs> <laughs> america i think overall is quite a stupid country I mean, just have a look at some statistics, uh, some stati- some statistics. They are kind of I mean, you know how there are states in America, right? Where they call it open carry. Mm-hmm. You can walk around the supermarket with a semi-automatic on your back, mm. right? Just in case there's yeah. some terrorists. Just in case there's terrorists lurking in the frozen pea section, <laughs> you want to just make sure that you wipe them out. Because they could be there. They could be there. And you have the right. You know, you can have the right there. I mean, it does come in handy, I guess, when there's something on the top shelf and you say, hey, mate, can you just get that down? (laughs) (laughs) He just shoots the cans because, I mean, they've all all, all been brought up on shooting cans, so it's kind of easy to get the the baked beans from the top. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that to me is – that's great. That's another reason I think Al – has moved to this country. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't argue with that at all. It's, he's he's exactly right. But you do. Um, you do need a gun at the supermarket because um, I don't know if you've seen how some of these people dress uh, <laughs> online. But um, you want to keep them as far away as possible. I'm going to stick with the uh, laid back theme with Australia because <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It really does affect the way you guys talk and it just cracks me up uh it, it throws me for a loop sometimes uh the first time i heard the saying um uh sweet as good as or sweet as like i, I mm. stood there like a like a dummy waiting for the the ending uh, <laughs> <laughs> never comes never arrives and i just uh, so it upset me a little bit so now i do i like to mess with people if, if i'm in a room and someone goes oh sweet as i say i reckon it's sweeter and they look at me like, what is it sweet, sweeter than what? Exactly. Finish your sentences. Try <laughs> you know, if I'm going to criticize Australia, that is one thing I will attack is we are so a little too laid back in our attitudes. You know, we have that saying, oh, she'll be right, mate. I've, seen, I've, yeah. literally, I've actually seen a guy witnessed 
you know, an accident where there's snap bones, there's protruding, protruding bones, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that nah, should be right, mate. Don't worry, that should be right. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a kind of a, I mean, it's heroic attitude, but at the same time, it's a stupid attitude because it's obviously, no, nah, you're not right, mate. Uh, <laughs> well, you'll be all right, though. She'll be, she'll be right. Yeah, she'll be right. I eventually, will be all right. eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should. They need to update it. I mean, you know, it'll be all right if, eventually if I get some help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's even in like you go to the Northern Territory, you know, and they're that laid that they're so laid back. Like, hey, hey, mate. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, there's a there's a brown snake wrapped around your leg. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is it? Oh, yeah, should be right. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I've just made a, a last-minute decision. I called an audible, as we say in the NFL, yes. and uh, I'm going to change it up. I wrote this today. This could be horrible, mm. and it probably is horrible, but I wrote it today. How many Australians does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> 26 million and one. One to screw it in and 26 million to go, All right, mate, step down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I no, no. Okie dokie, thank you both for your participation in the joke off, but I'm going to throw it to T Dog right here. This is a tough decision. Yeah, well, make. it is, it is, because it sounds like you both agree that Australia is the best place to yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. not sure if there was much well, yeah, arguing obviously. done. I think today's winner, you had me with that first joke, Gary. Today, you, you are today's joke off winner, Gary Eck. Hey. Oh. Wow. Well, it wasn't really a joke. It was just pointing out the truth. Well, and that's fine. <laughs> that's what comedy is. That's, that's, that's why you're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to both of you. Oh, and hang on. Before hang on you go, second. no, no, I, this is not part of the show. And it probably doesn't apply to you, Gary. I'm sorry. But we had Al mm. on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he's such an NFL tragic. Al, who's your prediction this Sunday mm. or slash mm. Monday? Mm. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, mm, 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 mm. I'm going to go with LA with the home field advantage. Okay, cool. Mm. Yes, well, me too. I agree. I think I think Warwick's going to have a good game. So yeah. <laughs> and we're up to our third nominee, buddy. Who is it? What? I don't want to say the NFL. It comes from the NFL, but there's okay. a story that's come out of the NFL this mm-hmm. week. So let's say the NFL. Okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So there's a story. There was a couple of teams. Well, the story more so is that a couple of players have admitted to being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to essentially tank. Okay. Yeah, well, not deliberately lose games, but not win games. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, they've got a draft system. NRL does not have a draft system. We've yep. got a trade system. You don't yeah, do that. So they've got a draft system because the college scene over there is really huge. And the lower you finish, the better your draft picks. It's very similar to AFL as well. So you finish bottom, you generally get the first pick of the best of the young. So a couple of players have come out and said, yep, I was paid $100,000 to essentially tank. Right. That's the story. So from what I read, it seems more like your team goes into the actual competition and suddenly you're like zero and six and the board or the team starts to go, it's probably not our year, fellas. So what we should do here is we've got all these up and comers. How about I just pay you just to, you know, maybe not play as many games 
And because we're not going to win this year, so why don't we get the best out of not winning by blooding our other players? And they called that tanking. So you do have guys, and this was the problem with the story, was that there's guys who've been picked in that team who are all competitive and who want nothing more than to win, and they're suddenly stuck in a team through no fault of their own where they're tanking. Yeah. And that's frustrating for them, particularly because, you know, fans get upset and they'll be walking down the pub and they'll be like, you're a piece of shit, you know, you guys aren't doing anything, you suck, blah, blah, blah. And that one bloke, he's there trying really hard, but at the end of the day, they're stuck in a tank cycle. Mm. So I actually can see the logic behind it. I get why people get pissed off, particularly if you're betting, but at the same time, there is a logic to if your team's not going well. I mean, you'd know this from 2020 with that your team, the Brisbane Broncos, <laughs> yes. who came last. Yes, yeah. If they're not doing well, why don't you get the young bucks on the field and give them a run? That's what I'd say. Well, yes, I don't think Broncos have much choice in 2020. <laughs> it's just who we had. But uh, you, you, I, I, I get that point. But being an athlete is such a short shelf life. Yeah, if your yeah, old yeah, mate yeah. who has busted his gut, yeah. you, you know, you're you're in the top echelon of players. Mm-hmm. You've been picked up by this team, probably earning, I uh, imagine, decent coin, and you find out your team's not trying your best. Mm. You'd be pretty filthy yeah. if that goes on. I don't know. We'll have to ask the guys from the Bulldogs how that goes. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biro and T-Dog, the NRL's loose integrity units. The Drunken Sober Chronicles is where you can go on Facebook to add your votes because every week we ask you, tell us who you think the dummy of the week is. And we had five votes this week. T-Doc, I think it's a bit of a lay down misere because they're all for the same thing. Oh, right. Okay. So Brian said, even though I don't follow cricket, it's boring AF. Oh, okay. <laughs> even I know that was a dumb move. John said, tanking games in the NFL is a tactic for better draft picks. Oh, yeah, right. And seeing as two number one draft picks in Matthew Safford and Joe Burrow are about to go head-to-head in the Super Bowl, you can see why they do it. He makes a good point. Yeah, yes. right, all right. So that said, it's got to be Cricket Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're throwing Justin Langer under the bus. Not only that, but the old-timers are calling out the culture of the team yet again. Mitchell Johnson calling Pat Cummins gutless, etc. Australian cricket is a shit show again. John, another John, said Cricket Australia for the win. Mark the Shark Ashu, probably the only guy who ever gets his full name read out on like the show, yeah, yeah. says, Australia for sacking a winning coach. I'm not an Aussie, let alone follow the sport, but I live in Oz and all I hear every morning on the sporting news is this crap. And then Alan said, I love test cricket, even though JL seems to be a tad dour and abrasive, he is a winner. I like your prescriptive language there. His treatment was a disgrace. I've lost respect for Cummins too. There's too much woke bullshit going on and not enough of the old Aussie mongrel. I'd love to see that edginess back, the vicious sledging and the systematic dismantling of the opposition. Wow, nice. So, we have five votes. We have five Mm. votes for Cricket Australia. T-Dog, you are the person who makes this decision. Who do you think the Dummy of the Week should go to this week? Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do. (laughs) (laughs) If I have some... uh... Yeah, yeah, get it ready. Uh, This week's winner, Cricket Australia. If you're keen on starting your own podcast, then Buzzsprout is the platform for you. Podcasting allows you to engage in a topic that you are passionate about and find like-minded people who share your interests. We switched over to Buzzsprout from one of their competitors and it was the best decision we made. The analytics they provide are insightful, the platform gets your show out instantaneously, and they have an amazing library of tutorials which help make your show the best it can be. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, and more. So check out Buzzsprout today in our show links. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. Buzzsprout, check it out. Well, everybody have a fantastic week. And of course, next week, huge guest, Dave O'Neill, comedy legend on the show. And I'm really excited about yeah. chatting with him. It's going to be great. I am too. He's been around for as long as I can remember. He's mm-hmm. done everything. Mm. So I'm really excited to talk to him. Yeah. You have yourself a great week. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to The Dummy M Podcast. Until next week, talk to you then. The Dummy M. Find us on Facebook at The Drunken Sober Chronicles.